98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey, boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino. Our own John Gambadoro said yesterday on Burns and Gambo to keep an eye on Jason Pierre-Paul. He said if the Cardinals look for pass rush help, he wouldn't rule JPP out as a guy to consider. Would you guys like to see the Cardinals go after a player like Pierre Paul? Yeah. Would he bring fireworks to the organization? Oh, boy. wow, wow! I, I just I feel like at a at a time you get through the first week, right? And wasn't that the thought? Was okay, you get through the first week. Now you can bring these guys in. There's less there's less financial commitment if you bring in a guy and he's not as good. Sure, I'm surprised we haven't seen like five guys come in this week, honestly. Jason Pierre-Paul, what is he, a three-time double-digit sack guy? 16 and a half, that was 2011, but 12 and a half just a couple years ago, uh, eight and a half, nine and a half, like, yeah, this is this is what they need, and now you're not, you're not risking as much if you feel like it's even a risk. Yeah, he is, what, 33 years old? Um, that is something you got to consider as well. And your expectations, I think you've got to mitigate those expectations for the most part. But if you're asking me, would I rather try signing Jason Pierre-Paul? Yeah, I would. I mean, you you can maybe go one more week of, no, I want to see what we have. But if you go out there and lose to the Raiders and it's not real close, or you're even if you just lose to the Raiders, you're going to have to try something else. You're going to have to bring in somebody. And honestly, all these guys you can bring in are going to be about 33 at this point. So as the cards gear up for the Raiders, J.J. Watt spoke to the media today, and he was asked about how much a heightened sense of urgency could help them this week. I mean, it's it's a combination of things. You need to have great energy, and you need to have uh, great intensity, but you also need to have great execution. You need to have great communication. Um, it's, it all goes hand in hand. You can't have just one without the other. You can't be, you can't be running around like a chicken with your head cut off because you have so much energy, but you also can't be so dialed in and so, so trying to do your job perfectly that you're not playing passionate good football so it's a combination of both things but when you put them together that's when greatness really happens and i think that that's what we need come sunday man i love that right there <laughs> just the fact he said that it's so right on the money you can't be a man <laughs> you can't just be out of your mind you have to be under control and do your job and know what your job is um, you can't, you can't do that yet at the same time. Don't be so under control that you forget about the essence of the game and how much fun it is to drive another dude into the ground. They did not look like a team that was having fun at all last week. And yes, I get that they lost by 23, but even at the start of that game, Wolf, they almost just looked like uptight to start that game, whereas the Chiefs were just kind of like, okay, here's what we're doing. The, the Chiefs just looked methodical. I wouldn't say they looked like they were having fun either, but the Cardinals just never looked like they were enjoying playing football on Sunday. Yeah. J.J. Watt was also asked about whether he feels good that the communication will be better this week. Um, it's obviously an area that we want to make sure that we are we have no issues in whatsoever. We want to be rock solid in our communication, um, and I think that I think that we're taking steps towards improving that significantly this week. 
That was not definitive at all. <laughs> that was not, oh, yeah, it'll be Man. fine. It was uh, obviously we wanted to be better, and we're trying. Yeah. I'm wondering who's going to have the green dot. Is it going to be a situation where Isaiah is going to keep the green dot? Because we heard an awful lot about communication and the breakdown of communications. Well, you know what? It starts with the guy that has the green dot. Okay, Isaiah Simmons. And Isaiah has acknowledged as much. Um, but, man, when you listen to the issue, it's not just us looking at it and thinking they were having difficulties communicating with with each other. They were. J.J. <laughs> Watt just acknowledged the fact that they were. They're working on that. I'm wondering. Um, yeah, I think Isaiah Simmons will get a opportunity to avenge whatever happened last week. And at the same time, if, in fact, they have more communication problems... They're probably going to hand somebody else. It, it felt like we were one step away from those college teams where you look over and all the assistant coaches are holding up like a big picture of a Big Mac or like an airplane <laughs> or like a mascot. Like it, that if, was just so. <laughs> if we have issues again, maybe we have to go down that path. Wolf, do you know what happened 38 years ago today? <laughs> oh no, Mel! Really, 38 years? 38 ago. years ago. Okay, what what game was it? Every two years, West Virginia crosses the Blue Ridge Mountains for a turkey hunt in Blacksburg, Virginia. The 1984 date with Virginia Tech. And outstanding defensive lineman Bruce Smith promised to be the first in a string of difficult contests for the Mountaineers. Getting down to work early, West Virginia grabbed a pair of touchdowns in the first quarter. John Gay turned quarterback. Hitting tight end Rob Bennett for six points. Rollback <laughs> Ron Wolfley capped a drive with a rumble into the end zone. The Mountaineers then turned a 14-point cushion over to the defense for protection. A touchdown in We won too. that game, what, 14-10? 14-7. 14-7. didn't play a lot of high-scoring games. How about games, that, man? You? I mean, I, hey, listen, that was back when it was dirty, and it was line-up, and it was gap integrity, and somebody's going to get their face flat. I was really There waiting. were full-backs. Yeah, there was, were full-backs. three tight ends. There was blood. I thought Maloney was going to jump in and say they hadn't invented the forward pass yet, but she didn't say that. So yeah, look, she took the you also, run. on this day, a year later, had one carry for two yards against the Bengals. <laughs> Oh, this oh, wow. is a big day for you, though. Yeah, like, just throughout you know history. Just, seriously, one carry for two. You know what? If it's you your needed, second week. If you needed two yards, I'll get you two. There you if go. If you need four, I'll get you two. <laughs> Bruce Smith. Playing against, against Bruce Smith in college. Oh, totally. Did I hear that right? Yeah, yeah. man. He was, he was pretty good. Yeah, he was good. Uh, all right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. When we come back, Chris Paul, LeBron James have spoken out on the Robert Sarver situation. We're going to react to what they had to say next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Turkey. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, this is the Wolf and Luke show on a Thursday afternoon. This is how you can tell. There's a lot going on, Wolf. Our breaks, we're just doing like another show. Yeah, <laughs> like I know. Podcast the breaks. What was that demonstration you were just doing? You know when Max Crosby yeah, was doing Max Yeah, that's great Crosby. because like, people in the newsroom were looking in. I could see Maloney looking in like, what's going on over there? That was that was demonstrating Wolf during the break, all three of the Max Crosby moves. It's just incredible watching him on tape, man. I mean, all three of his best pass rush, they're all tied together. 
together. And it makes perfect sense because now basically you've got to guess what is coming. And that means you've got about a 33% chance of guessing right. 67% chance of getting embarrassed on the play. Exactly. Awesome. Uh, We're going to get back into football, certainly, but uh, back over to basketball. We talked about it a little bit. During Wolf and Down Your Lunch, and obviously earlier with Lorenzo Alexander when he was in here as well. But Wolf, we wondered aloud yesterday, okay, what what happens now? Adam Silver spoke yesterday during our show. Some of the stuff made sense. Some of the stuff kind of sounded like Adam Silver was talking himself into a corner, which is wow. not a role that we're used to seeing him in. <laughs> Very uncomfortable. And I don't. I, I don't know if it was, I think it was Bickley this morning who said basically everybody's favorite commissioner just looked like a commissioner yesterday. <sighs> you know, the guy that has been progressive and not afraid to take some chances yesterday was admittedly in a tough spot, but uh, it, it didn't. It seemed like somebody who was saying things that he didn't fully believe in. And I don't know if that's the case or not, but that's just that's what it seemed like. And so you wonder what's the next step is is a player going to speak out? Well, two two pretty big players, in fact, maybe the two biggest that could speak out on this right away did. LeBron James tweeting uh in the uh, probably about 2 hours after the silver press conference and then Chris Paul about an hour or so after LeBron. So now you have two very big name players, one of which obviously is on the Phoenix Suns speaking out about this. I think this is just the start, honestly. And I don't think it's going to be like a story constantly all year, but I don't think it's going away anytime soon either. So when you say it's just the start, what do you mean? With the Suns or do you think no. with other players in the NBA? I, I think I, I told you this off the air. I feel like if the Suns were going to say anything, I think the main guys get together and they talk with Chris Paul and then Chris Paul presents what they're going to say. I think that's probably the best way to do it. I think it helps to have a Chris Paul. So whether that's Devin Booker and whoever yeah. is sitting down, or maybe they didn't. Maybe Chris Paul just spoke on his own. I'm just thinking more across the league, whether it's more players, whether it's sponsors. I, I, I have to think on some level the NBA, when they handed out their punishment, was like, and also let's see what happens. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know about that. I really don't. Um, everything is pure speculation to me at this point in time, and the grassy knoll abounds. There's no doubt. Um, and I could be reading this all wrong, Basin audience, granted. But Chris Paul, I thought, could have been so much more harsh. Don't you think? Don't you think he could have been more harsh? He, he could have. Um, I mean, I, what it, he said it was calculated. bad. It sounded very calculated. Yeah what, yeah, what he said was bad. I mean, he used the word atrocious and unacceptable. But to me, once again, I thought it was really odd that he used the same terminology he used for Donald Sterling when he said it was unacceptable and must never be repeated again is what he was saying. Now, that was in regard to the misogyny that allegedly was going on, and at least the NBA has confirmed that, and the investigation, I think, has confirmed that right there. But I just thought that was so odd. Why not just say it was unacceptable instead of saying it was unacceptable and must never be repeated again? Well, that, to me is interesting. Uh, along those lines, this is Adam Silver yesterday. It's a clip we didn't get to play that said uh, Robert Sarver's on notice that future behavior like this isn't going to work. In terms of future behavior, um, there's no question he's on notice. Um, he knows that. And I, and I also think, though, if you look at the chronology of the sort of the report, is that most of this activity goes back many, mo- most of the um, 
inappropriate activity goes back many years. I would say the son's workplace is um, a very different environment today, even at the beginning of, of this investigation, than it was years ago. I don't think there's any dispute over that. This is a tough the line. Future. Tough line to walk, right? Because, you know, you can certainly make the case in some parts of society today. It's like, well, you made a mistake and said something when you were 12, so everything's just gone and we right. can never forgive you. Right. And that's a horrible path to go down. Like, yes. we're never going to evolve. But at the same time, you can't just turn a blind eye to uh, repeated instances of something that, in Chris Paul's words, were atrocious. Um I think there's a lot to that clip we just played of Adam Silver being like, okay, I think I think in Adam Silver's mind, again, this is speculation, it is we suspended you for a year. Yeah. But you have like no leash when you come back. And that's why I just kind of think not that I think but, Robert Sarver can't help himself. I just right. think it's setting up for him to eventually sell the team. Yeah. I, I see that's where I, I differ a little bit right there. There there's no, he's giving him a leash. <laughs> he's saying, you know what, hey, leash. listen, well, right, but like still, you're, you're going to get that opportunity yeah. once again to come back. And, you know, if you believe Adam Silver, he's he's talking about Robert Sarver has evolved. That was one of the things he pointed to. He, he did say that. And he just said it right there, as a matter of fact, right? A lot of this stuff happened early in his tenor as an owner. So, you know, you have to wonder where all of this is heading. I have no idea, but it makes me think that there was some type of deal that has been... In Arizona sports, breaking news. Uh Wow. It's going to be good, right? So, um, according to ESPN's Baxter Holmes, Phoenix Suns vice chairman and minority owner Sam Garvin has been appointed the interim governor of the team during majority owner Robert Sarver's one-year suspension. Okay. All right. There you go. Sam Garvin. Big year here for Sam. I I never know with the breaking news. Every time, It just seems like with all the Cardinals injuries, breaking news is always bad. So I want to filter it out where it's only neutral or good. I would qualify this as neutral. Wasn't there a guy who said, I'm Fred Garvin? Wasn't there there, there was a guy who said that, I think, on Saturday Night Live or something. I'm Fred Garvin. I forget what he said I'd about that after that, but Sam Garvin. <laughs> okay, there we go. All right, so things are progressing. I mean, you have to you have to have somebody in that that place because decisions are going to have to be signed off on, and this is not a team in, in sort of bottom of the league, just kind of hey, don't pay attention to us mode. This is a team that is still trying to win a title this year, and even though the Western Conference is loaded, I still think. I think, uh, you know, logically we can say the side. Are you all right over here? <laughs> I, I know I've lost you, so I'm just going to oh, keep talking. Oh, my goodness. It's just, the, you know, honestly, it's the wedge. Fred Garvin. Well, the wedge bustering, uh, you know. Look, it's it's taking its toll, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I'm saying right now. No, I know exactly. It just Fred Garvin. Uh, that's the only name I remembered was Fred Garvin. Okay. Okay, you know who, what that, that was from? No. It was from Saturday Night Live. Fred Garvin. All right, so you were right. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd used to say it all the time. I'm Fred Garvin, male prostitute. <laughs> all right. oh, so I'm well, just telling you right now. Thank that, you for clearing um, it all up here. Let me just write yeah, this Yeah, forgive down. me on that one right there. Um, 
What were this, you saying, Luke? Like you were saying something to take really, this to really a better good. Place. Yeah. I know you were. I know you didn't hear it, so just rest assured <laughs> it was brilliant. Dan Aykroyd. To the podcast. Stop it. Uh, I don't have any other Adam Silver now. Uh, I don't have no more audio. Actually, I do. Uh, this is one of the last things he said. He did have the option to go longer with a suspension. I had the option to go longer. Um, I landed on one year. I will say it's the second um, longest suspension um, in the history of our league. So just to put it in some sort of context. I just think there he's Adam Silver's obviously in a tough spot, but this is also his job and why he makes millions and millions and millions of dollars. But um it it does in a lot of people's minds fly in the face of, of a lot of what the league has preached over the last couple years. Yeah. And, and look, there's no way Adam Silver can make everybody happy. And Adam Silver didn't really do anything wrong. Uh but but um I mean just in general, like morally he's not the one that did anything wrong. But I just feel like he, a lot of people feel like he missed the mark. And uh, specifically, if LeBron James and Chris Paul feel like he missed the mark, I don't think the story's over. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to watch where this is going to go. And, you know, Chris Paul, of course, back in the Donald Sterling situation, he threatened to boycott um, the Clipper games, of mm-hmm. course. right? That, that's what he said. We're not going to do this. And he was... In um, in step, I would say, with his teammates right there, there's been no intention or talk of boycotting and maybe anything there won't be. going forward. And who knows? Yeah. Maybe there won't be. But uh, but if more and more players are speaking out, again, I, I don't think we're going to get some story in two weeks. The NBA has decided they're going to force Robert Sarver to sell the team. I don't think we're getting there. I just think now the ball is rolling. We may very very easily in the next year get to a point where Sarver's like, do I really want to come back and deal with all this? Could I just, I can walk away and make a bunch of money selling this team. Mm. Not going to lose money. He's going to make a ton of money and maybe it takes uh, six months of being back in that role, whatever. But I, I just, I don't think that he's still the owner of this team in two years. And I don't mm. think the NBA is going to force him out. Uh, I just think that the ball's rolling now and we're going to get more and more pressure towards that. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. What are you watching when the Cardinals' defense takes the field against the Raiders on Sunday. Well, what will Wolf watch is coming up next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, welcome back to the show time for a little what will wolf watch and uh today wolf we're going to be focusing on when the cardinals offense is out there against the diva no we're going defense against that what are we doing no here? as a matter of fact it's really interesting right now um we have had a a minor adjustment to what will wolf i was going to say I'm, I'm looking at one thing and another um, thing and they don't add up yeah we went really really big of course on um wednesday and that's yesterday of course we looked at the big picture the offense versus the defense now we're going to get a little bit more myopic now we're going macro we? micro yes. okay what will Wolf watch? The double-edged sword. Yeah. Little Bruce. Basinoni and Arizona Cardinals are traveling up to Las Vegas, Nevada to play the Raiders this Sunday. 
They will be facing a double-edged sword named Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. What's in a name, my brothers? Well, everything. Especially if you're Kyler Murray preparing to face those two prolific edge players. If the Cardinals are going to have any opportunity of winning in Vegas, they need to control these two men and counterattack with their own weapons. In the Middle Ages, a double-edged sword was called the Bastard Sword, but morphed into a long sword after kings and princes took paternal exception to calling their favorite blade something so personal. The long sword was the choice of the best bladesmen of the day. Not only could it be used to pierce certain body armors with its pointed tip, but one could slash with either side of the long blade, improving their chances of striking a fatal blow to their opponent. Chandler Jones and Max Crosby know how to swing their long swords. They have a plethora of moves, and Chan uses his hands better than most, drawing on his hand traps and swat chops to get the job done. Even at the age of 32, Chandler Jones is still sharp. He is the most unorthodox pass rusher in the game today. You can thank his brother, John Jones, who is a prolific mixed martial artist. And when you watch Chan on tape, you see a mixture of martial moves that leaves one thinking of art. The man is dirty good. Chan is a longsword with his 7-1 wingspan and his ability to anticipate the snap count still gets him the edge. Oh, Max Crosby is one of the best football players in the league, let alone edge rusher. He's the other side of the blade for the Raiders' double-edged sword. Everything starts with Crosby's explosive first step. He is constantly able to threaten the tackle's outside shoulder. From this razor's edge move, Crosby counters with two other moves. He gets the edge. He comes inside after appearing to go for the edge when a tackle oversets and then employs his signature move, the Euro spin that looks exactly like his inside move, but with a twist. Literally, a spin move off an inside move. Are you kidding me? Most every pass rush from Crosby could be one of these three moves, and each feeds off the other and looks like the other. Offensive tackles must guess at times to block him with any regularity, and that is the last thing offensive line coaches want them to do. The game within the game will be blocking these two edges. If the Cardinals can if the Cardinals can protect Kyler Murray from being harassed by Crosby and Jones, the Cardinals have a real chance to attack the Raiders' banged-up secondary and win. They need to run the ball at the two edges, dull the blades of the Raiders' longsword, get the ball out of Murray's hands quickly, and help their tackles out when taking deep shots with chips. The Raiders will bank on their double-edged sword getting to Kyler Murray while dropping seven. But never forget the meaning of the idiom, a double-edged sword. It's something that can be both beneficial and problematic. Like building a game plan around two edge rushers having great days. And then watching them record zero sacks like they did against the Chargers. Let's hope the Cardinals can control the edge. Or this game could become darkness on the edge of Vegas.
Thank you, Bruce. Appreciate it. It's a little different uh, music from what you had yesterday with Metallica. A little bit different. I, I like to mix it up, change I, it up a little bit. I don't know if I can picture Wolf listening to Bruce. Yeah. Home in your, I don't know what you drive. When I was younger, I actually, I did. I, yeah. I appreciate it, Bruce. You, you think I, when I was getting older, I would <laughs> I would appreciate him more. And for whatever reason, I don't. I like to go back <laughs> to the bass stuff, the hard, heavy, fast grungy stuff. You're going to know uh, what will Wolf Watch has really hit the big time when we get to the point where, yeah, I want to have Bruce Springsteen in the background. You just have him come <laughs> in studio and he just plays the song as you're talking over him. Yeah, I doubt that. No, okay. But there's still, it's good to have goals. You know, as you were talking, we have the Chargers Raiders replay on NFL Network right now. Yeah, in the I studio. know. I watched Max Crosby make two plays just in the time you were talking. Really? But I did watch the Chargers score, though, Okay, too. was it, was it, were they pass rushes that he made or well, was uh, it tackles? Well, because he had 10 tackles in the game. A defensive end. They were both tackles. tackles. One of them was him just diving over the entire pile on what looked like a fourth and short. And just, uh, he had that, like, he was levitating and everybody yeah. else was running into each other and he just landed on the running back. You know what I'm really looking forward to is the possibility of Max Williams blocking Max Crosby. Both with two X's. That's a lot of X's. Max. Max. <laughs> Max. Maximum Max. You know what uh, the Cardinals offensive line probably isn't looking forward to is Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, and uh, Aaron Donald in consecutive weeks. Yeah, I know. One, Let's one say, listen, you Two don't have to play. Time. You don't, I know, but you, this week it's Chan. You know Chan is going to be so hopped up on this one right now. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to actually see more of the stretch play. More of the tackle zone play this week because you want to dull that pass rush. Run right at him. Chandler Jones is a guy you want to force Chan to set the edge and play the edge, not just come off it. Well, and I think the key, too, and we've, we've danced around it all day, but um, you can't fall behind 14 nothing and all of a sudden become so predictable where it's just, oh, we got to pass. I mean, yep. and look, 14 nothing in the first quarter, you can still run. The Colts down 20-3 to in the fourth quarter, and all they did is run, and it worked. But they also have Jonathan Taylor. You, you can't, if you're trying to protect your quarterback, you cannot just constantly have him passing, especially right. against Max Crosby and Chandler I Jones. Know. I so, know. Yeah, the, the start of this game is, is going to be especially huge and, on Sunday. And we're also talking about the interior and, and the interior offensive line and how well they need to play this week because, once again, and that's one of the big reasons why getting Justin Pugh back, if he's ready to go, is going to be a big deal yeah. because you need to keep that pocket sound because those edge guys, they're coming up the field, man. Well, Cliff didn't sound super promising on Justin Pugh, but uh, we're going to get into that when we come back. First of all, could the Cardinals be interested in Jason Pierre-Paul? That's something to keep an eye on. And we are going to look at that Week 2 injury report that officially came out yesterday. And, of course, there will be updates to it now with uh, with practice going today. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is Isaiah Simmons. You are listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Star backer is a guy that plays linebacker, a little bit of safety, a little bit of dime. I mean, he's he's a star position. Star backer, that's my first time getting like a cool name to a position. Lance hit at the goal line, and he did not get in. Oh, what a hit by Isaiah Simmons. He's a star, you know, he can play whatever position. Let's go! Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals now. Wolf, I don't want to give anything away. It's not my place to do that. But I can just, I feel like I should warn the listeners. 
just walked out in the newsroom. Yeah. Jared Carlin is working on another song. Oh, no. That's I'm just... Well, here we go. Just so everybody knows. Yes. Something. It wasn't darkness on the edge of town, was it? No. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's doing a duet with Bruce Springsteen. Oh, yeah. there we go. Bruce and Jarrett, they're putting out a, an album together. Um, the injury report came out yesterday for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to read through real quickly the guys who did not practice. It was Jalen Thompson, Zach Ertz, J.J. Watt, Andy Isabella, Rondale Moore, and... Uh, Calvin Beach and Rodney Hudson didn't practice, but those were just rest. So that's not even anything to like. But those other names, specifically Jalen Thompson, Wolf, um, that's <laughs> it's ridiculous at this point, honestly. What the the way the injuries have hit the Cardinals. You can say the Cardinals haven't done enough to develop depth. They haven't drafted well enough to get that depth, and there's there's truth to all that. But man, the injuries are hitting them hard. And if Jalen Thompson is unable to go this week. He hasn't been ruled out or anything, but I don't believe he. I don't think he practiced again either today. Here's here's Vance Joseph talking about Jalen Thompson's status. This is from just like an hour ago. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, he, he he's missed two days. So when you miss two days of football practice, it's, it's always tough to come back and play at full speed on Sunday. So we'll see about him tomorrow. Great. Yeah, awesome. we'll we'll see about him tomorrow, yeah. which means today, of course, right? No, no, that that's no, from that was today. that was yeah. from today. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, no, that'd be fantastic because Friday, if in fact you can get a Friday practice, and I, I've always been a big believer. If you don't practice all week long, at some point in time, you got to sit down. Yeah, that's just me. Now, who am I in the era where you don't even play in the preseason? You just ease into it. <laughs> you don't even play into the preseason. You go out there, you're going to play again. I, you know, it blows my mind. But once again, uh, yeah, it's a different National Football League now. Yeah, but I do think a lot of coaches subscribe to what you just said. Of If you can't practice at all, all week, a lot of times you are not playing. First of all, a lot of times if you can't practice all week, you're not suddenly good by Sunday anyway. But if you somehow are, I think most coaches are like, you haven't even been out here. We're not going to run you out there. Although... That I was Belichick, by the way. That was Bill Belichick, his role. If you did not practice, you were not playing. Yeah. If you didn't practice one practice, you, you were not going to play. I wonder if he still does that. He doesn't I seem really like do. the sort of guy that's he just doesn't, like, oh, I, I know. my rules. Why I, not? <laughs> I, I got to find that out. Somebody get on that for me. Don't you have his number? Just call him. No. Well, I... Text no, him. I'm sure, I'm sure Bill's a big emoji no, guy. I'm just text <laughs> him with emojis. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That would be awesome. Wouldn't that be like terrifying if, if he wrote back oh, with like a thumbs that, up? That would be, you got to be kidding or me. Or he, no. he does the thing, and I'm sure you do this all the time, Wolf, where you can talk into your phone and it turns you into like a dinosaur or a robot. Yeah. You ever seen that? I'm sure you're no, constantly I, sending voice no, emails I, like that. I've never seen anything like okay. that, but Bill with emojis, that'd be hysterical. Yeah, that would be uh, terrifying. Um, what I was going to say is I don't think the Cardinals really have the luxury. If Jalen Thompson doesn't practice tomorrow but somehow magically is good by Sunday, I don't think they have a choice at this point. I mean, it's not just that they are have a number of players missing these games. It's the quality. It's the quality and the quantity of guys missing these games. And the Raiders are a tough team. They were a playoff team a year ago. They're dangerous on defense, as you just outlined. They're certainly dangerous on offense. They have Devontae Adams. But they are a much more beatable team than the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, if the Cardinals play the way they played last week, they're not beating any team. But if they improve and ideally would get a little bit healthier, the Raiders are, that's, this is a much more winnable game. And I would say it's a much more winnable game than the one they play next week against the Rams, too. Yes, no, you're right about that. Um, 
of the all the names on the injury report, the one that I, I looked at and I felt pretty good about was Justin Pugh. Just the fact that he was limited. Just the fact that he practiced on a limited basis right now. I think that is good. I think that is good news going forward right here. I know he's going to be a game-time decision, but to me, that is the one guy. If I could pick one guy that had to go out and play, one guy on this injury report on the offensive side of the ball, it would be Justin Pugh. You're saying on the offense, not not over Jalen Thompson or even over Yeah, Jaylen Thompson. No, no, I'm talking about on the okay. offensive side of the ball. If there was one guy that I could hope for on this injury report that would be able to play, it'd be Justin might Pugh. Even, as much as I like Jalen Thompson, it might even be over Jalen Thompson. They have to be able to block. They have to be able to protect Kyler Murray. That is an obvious statement that was made 10 times more obvious a couple days ago. You know, it's so it's amazing to me. It really is because the more and more I look at the season, early though it be, and you, you have to always keep that in mind, it's early. But the more and more I look at this Arizona Cardinals team, the more and more convinced I am this offense has got to be special. It's got to be special. And in order for them to be special, that means you've got to go out and you've got to get healthy on the offensive side of the ball. Zach Ertz has got to get healthy. Max Williams has got to be a guy that you can run out there and expect to get 25 snaps out of. He's got to get healthy because that combination, I'm telling you right now, that combination of 12 personnel, those two tight ends, Zach Ertz is basically a wide receiver. But Max Williams gives you a little, uh, gives you the ability to line up and run the ball, especially when James Conner is in there. <laughs> I, 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 I'm hoping, I was so hoping that last week, the reason why we did not see a lot more 12 personnel was because the Cardinals got behind. Uh, got behind early in this game, and because Zach Ertz Zach was, was banged up. Yeah, he, Zach Ertz was limited, and, and it sounds like he's hopefully going to be less limited this week. I give him credit. He played last week. He got in the end zone. Yeah. Uh, quickly, this was Cliff. Cliff didn't actually speak today. This was Cliff um, yesterday talking about where Justin Pugh is on things. And now I can't find it. So here, I'm going to give you a Vance Joseph update on J.J. Uh, Watt instead while I look for it. He's close. You know, he's, he's, he's practicing. You know, obviously, J.J. wants to, you know, play every game and play every snap. So, you know, we got to be careful with him to make sure he's right to play. Yeah, so that was Vance on J.J. Watt yes. right there. Here's, Joseph. here's Cliff on Justin Pugh. <laughs> he'll be day-to-day. Um, you know, we, we, I, He's getting better, but I'm not sure he'll be all the way by, by Sunday. Oh. <laughs> the, the ending, honestly, okay. man. Like, I, I, And maybe this isn't fair, but I take if Cliff speaks such median that if he leans slightly one way or the other, I take it as like, well, he's not playing on Sunday. <laughs> he said it's going to be tough for him to play by Sunday. Well, yeah, because he's limited. If a, if a, if your average coach said that, I'd be like, okay, we got to wait and see. Cliff saying it's going to be tough to get him there by Sunday has me thinking, okay, who's playing instead of Justin Pugh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boy, you bummed me out I'm right sorry, there. I, know, the I one mean, time. honestly, I was, so, I was so, okay, on a limited basis, because I think you might be right. Um, but, you know, the fact that he was practicing, that's that's better than not practicing. Ron Wolfley reporting. It's it's better <laughs> than not practicing. Reduced to and now show. all of a sudden, here it is Thursday. Who knows? Maybe we're going to see him on a full. Maybe. Hey, could that possibly be the game? No. I think we'll see him limited. And then on Friday, I think we'll see him full. And if that is the case, boom. 
I think Justin Pugh is going to be your starting left guard. Okay, so we've got two segments we need to add to the show. Wolf, Wolf, Wolf gets optimistic. That's yes. going to be one segment. <laughs> and uh, Wolf, that's the entire show. Wolf, Luke. Wolf okay. misreads I'm the betting optimist. lines. Yes, that's true. And then Wolf misreads the betting lines. It's going to be another. Oh segment. no, that's please. That it's, was so embarrassing. Did you see the Seahawks? Seahawks are by plus eight and, eight and a half. <laughs> what? I mean, oh, look, I man. can see, look, you got the plus. That that means like, hey. Yeah, I'm that. just, yeah, I'm looking at it. it. The spread of whatever. Uh, here's one more from Vance Joseph. Uh, no excuses for the defense, even with all the injuries. I'll say this about our defense. I have no excuses, right? We have guys who can do their jobs. And on Sunday, we didn't do it. You know, and that's that's my fault. Absolutely my fault as a coach. But um, we have guys who are capable. So whoever plays on Sunday, I expect us to play good and win. My fear, Wolf, my greatest fear with this team right now is that it's not Vance Joseph's fault and that they don't have enough on defense. And it's not that I'm saying they don't. I'm just saying that was the question coming into the season, and it certainly didn't look like they had enough on Sunday, and they haven't added anybody. So ideally it would just be Vance Joseph's fault because I feel like he could fix it. Yeah, did anyone ask him about the green dot and who might have the green dot? Did he address that at all? Um, well, I, know, I, have a, I, have, I have a clip. Yeah, she's so yelling break. break. I have break. a clip. I'll, I'll play it when, at some point when we get back. Okay. This. Yeah, uh, Wolf's trying to get me in trouble with my own producer. All right, when we come back, uh, <laughs> Kyler Murray. Is he evolving as a leader despite the tough start to this season for the Arizona Cardinals? That's next. The Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.